0: Okay, I was asked by the pastoral staff to speak to you, tell you a little bit about what I believe to be the call of a pastor and the importance of a call of a pastor. But I, I have to confess, uh, it's a little awkward uh, for me, having held a position of a pastor in this church, telling you how fortunate you are to have us. So... I will try to be as humble as I can (laughs) by referring you to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. If you put it up on the screen, I'd like to read this portion from verses 11 to 13. And he himself, that is Jesus, gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is to... Build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. That is powerful stuff. The pastor, according to this text, is one of four human gifts that Jesus gives to the whole church. But all four of those gifts, if you notice in the text, are associated in some way with the declaration of the word of God. Yeah. The apostles were people who wrote down the word of God as it was revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. And you have that gift in your hands when you hold up your Bible. It's the New Testament. The prophets were people who call the church back to the word of God when they get lazy or when they depart from it or, or when they incorrectly uh, understand it or when they disobey it. The evangelist, they are people who invite unbelievers to come to the word of God in order to become saved. And become a part of the family of God. And then the pastor teacher, that's the fourth gift here, is, uh, are the people who teach the word of God to the flock by feeding them and by nurturing them like a shepherd manages the sheep. And so, Pastor Steve, if we could see this, is your gift. <laughs> Merry Christmas. He was sent to you by the authority of the ascended Jesus, according to verse 7 of Ephesians 4. So his call is to feed you a steady diet of biblical food from milk all the way to meat. And then he also has a duty and a charge to nurture you or to discipline you or pastor you, shepherd you, with the word of God, so that sin and waste is removed from your life and replaced with the full stature of Jesus Christ. That's what it says. So he is going to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. That's his role. Now, verse 12 defines Pastor Steve's call as equipping you. You see the word there in the text, equipping. Some translations have the word train you. Other translations, like the King James Version, has the word perfect you. Well, the word equip in the original language was often used in natural conversation during Jesus' day to describe what fishermen did to their nets in between fishing expeditions each day. Yeah, at the end of the day they would repair the torn nets from the previous catch and then follow that by preparing the nets for the coming day of fishing. So equipping was repairing and preparing the nets between fishing. And so here, Paul adopts that word and describes Pastor Steve's call, which is to repair you, after being torn up in the world all week. And then to prepare you, restore your energy, and send you back into the world where you get beat up again. And week by week, you grow and grow on the nurturing and the teaching of that word. Now, your call is to do two things. You see it here in the text. He equips the saints, that's you, Number one, for the work of ministry. And number two, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now for centuries, people of English descent would read read the King James Version of the Bible and it would read like this. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the saints. And students who read that understood it to be three duties of the pastor. But that's not what the Greek says. The Greek has one responsibility for the pastor, and that is to equip the saints. Then the saints have the responsibility to go out and do the work of ministry after being repaired and prepared. That's the one role. And then to edify the body of Christ or to build up each other after hearing the word of God. So in other words, after Pastor Steve repairs you and prepares you each Sunday, your job, your duty, your role and response is to be ministers. Yeah, you are the ministers of the church. So, And you are to be the edifiers or the ones who build up each other during the week. So as you are equipped by the pastor, he trains you, edifies you, does all of those things toward a goal of the church. What is that in verse 13? To be united in the deposit of the truth, the faith that's called. That's not your own faith. It is the faith, all that is believed by people who study the word of God, to be united in in that truth. Until we all reach what? Unity. You see it? Unity in the faith. And in the knowledge. Of the son of God. And you become mature. As a body. You become mature. Attaining to what? Wow. The whole measure. Of the fullness of Christ. So that you become an accurate representative of Jesus Christ on this earth. That's his goal. So when Pastor Steve is the equipper and you are the edifiers, our church becomes united in the faith. We hear, like verse four says, that we are one body, there is one spirit, there is one hope, there is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism, there is one God and Father of all. The teaching unites us, and I guarantee you, if that happens, and I hope it does, we have that hope, we anticipate it. You're going to put a smile on Pastor Steve's face. In fact, you're going to put a smile on God's face. You will have, he will have fulfilled his ministry, his role as a pastor teacher. I want to say a word about the calling. I want to get a little bit more subjective here. If you're a Christian, you understand what the call of God is, right? Anyone here who's a Christian has heard the call of God and the call he called you to come out of the world and join him through the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ to be your savior. That's part of the call. But then calls... God calls you to go back into the world. So he calls you to come, and that's salvation. He calls you to go, and that's ministry, with a mission. That's the call to service. But in the pastoral call, all right, let's try to add a, a couple of elements to this call of a pastor. Okay? The pastor teacher is called to fulfill a position of leadership, and management over a particular body of believers. He has qualifications that he must abide by, moral, spiritual qualities that he must possess as found in Titus chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 3. He must also lead by his example first and foremost. He's to be a model, and he has to lead by his words. What he preaches from this pulpit. He has Christ's authority to do that. So long as he speaks the Bible into the church. If he speaks his own message, you should remove him. But if he speaks God's message, you should obey him. I believe that every pastor's call now has a subjective element. There has to be some kind of I want to call it a burning bush experience, like Moses had. What do I mean? Well, in Exodus 1 to 3, Moses was a 40-year-old Jewish adopted son of Pharaoh when he saw something at the burning bush. He saw that people were growing up in the wrong place. And they had to move. He also saw that the opposition had enslaved them. And then he realized that Egypt was killing their hope. And so he had to do something about it. Well, that was God getting him ready for the call. That wasn't the call yet, but the need was presented to him. So Moses did two things. And we find that out in Hebrews chapter 11. He identified with God's people. That is so important. To have a pastor up here who identifies with you, God's people. And secondly, he renounced the world. He renounced Egypt and everything it stood for. But because he hadn't heard the call of God at the burning bush yet, he went out from that a driven man but not a called man he went in his own strength and you know the story he killed an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew slave until someone asked him who gave you the authority to do that and lead us and he didn't have an answer so he ran away he chose to go without a call You might call it a failure, so long as you understand that failure is how many times it takes to get it right. So 40 years of getting it right. Then comes the moment at the burning bush. God appears to him out of a burning bush. (laughs) And something happens to Moses that changes the whole direction, the whole course of his life. He got the call. He had spent 40 years as Pharaoh's son, thinking he was somebody. And then 40 years in the desert, thinking he was nobody. And then he gets a burning bush experience and learns what God can do with somebody who's a nobody. That's the call. And it came as a series of encounters. You put these on the wall. Number one, he encountered what I would call mentors and friends who confirmed the call. His mother hid him for six months when he was a baby because he was a special child. Something God was going to do great things with. He had father-in-law, Jethro, out there in the desert who taught him how to tend sheep, but also how to delegate management. He had elders who agreed that God was preparing him that he should go to Pharaoh. He had all those people. Number two, he encountered God's essence in that burning bush. That he was a bigger God than he had ever even imagined. Who didn't need a bush, but who spoke out of a bush anyway. And when Moses saw that, he saw that if God can change a bush from something ordinary to extraordinary, simply by being within it, maybe God can do the same thing with me. And then... He can encounter God's concern. God speaks. And he says, I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard their cry. And then he encountered God's purpose. God said, I have come to rescue my people from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And then he encountered his own reluctance. God tells him to go, and he says, no, I can't. I can't do that. I'm nothing. And God says, exactly. Exactly. Because I will be in you. And I will speak from you. Like I did in the bush. And then finally, and I think this is probably the most important, he encountered God's name, Yahweh. He asked him, tell me who you are. And God's, God says, I am. Yeah, I know, but tell me who you are. I am is my name. I am that I am. It's a covenant name, Jehovah, Jehovah. In other words, Moses, whatever you need, that's who I am. In 1965, on a starry night on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, after 25 kids had all received Christ openly weeping at a campfire, I had that encounter as a program director. God spoke those words to me that night as I gazed out into the stars. And I said, I want to do this for the rest of my life. If you will have me. And God said, go. And I'll be with you. Pastor Steve, I asked him. He had a similar encounter with a mentor in high school while he was having a peer ministry of his own. And a mentor asked him, have you ever thought of being a pastor? And that sent him home to study, to pray, to get counsel. And God called him. And that's who stands before you today, ready to equip you to do the work of ministry to edify one another so that you will stand united in the faith, filled to the full stature of Jesus Christ. Amen.